You are listening to Freedom Wrangler's main focus. We are going to talk about something amazing in the Word of God today. We can't wait to share our hearts with you. So why don't you sit back, saddle up, and help us wrangle in the freedom of knowing Jesus. Well, good afternoon, good evening, Gesundheit, our Wiedersehen, <laughs> Wiedersehen, <I> do. <laughs> However <laughs> you're at, <laughs> however you'd like to be greeted, aloha, I don't know, <laughs> konnichiwa. <laughs> oh, Freedom Wranglers are here, we are back, and um, we, we hope that you guys have enjoyed the uh, last podcast. I know we enjoyed recording it. For us, it's been two weeks since we recorded. Yes, it's been two weeks. Yeah. It's been two weeks. I was with the um, the wedding shower party. I was throwing Ooh. the wedding shower, a uh, whole donut theme. Uh, don't mind if I do is the theme of uh, the wedding shower. And it's interesting because uh, normally you throw bridal showers. Yes. But this was... Uh, our very own couples uh, nice. wedding shower where we have barbecue and, and then of course the donuts and coffee and lots of karaoke. Any karaoke singers out there? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a little video footage on your yes. Snapchat. Oh my gosh. I was like, look at them go. That's good oh, stuff. It was, it was kind of like a preview of what the wedding is going to be like. So um, I thought that was a neat thing. I'm just glad that wore me the slap out though my word oh yeah boy howdy right <laughs> yes I was out I mean the next day Sunday I was so tired I went to church but man I, I when I came home when me and my husband came home we took a nap it was just oh yeah so much it's enough to so wear much. you out and I mean because I know you were super busy with that and at the same time I've been heavily involved with our church's renovations yes. of the parsonage that we're getting ready for our youth pastor who's just arrived in town and and that has been, woo, you know, when you spend like two and a half hours in floor and decor trying to pick out tiles, your mind just kind of starts to melt a little bit. And um, so, but we've gotten a lot done. It's not completed yet, but uh, it will be, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a real blessing to her to be able to be in that house, but it has been a constant run, go, go, go. Um, and I don't live close to our church. I'm about 23 miles from our church. So it takes me almost half an hour to get there. And um, so I have been just all over town and I'm quite grateful that the most, the bulk of my work has been done. But like yourself this past Sunday, I nearly like just, I was like, I'm going to have a nap. I am. Yes. I'm done. I'm done. Yes. Son. I'll see you later. So yes. I, I cherish those afternoon naps on a Sunday. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's that whole Sunday. Cause you guys, you actually, um, are the worship leaders at your church. So you're yeah. not only you're preparing for all that, mm -hmm. but then, you know, been preparing for the parsonage for the, uh, the new youth minister. So yeah. It's understand. a lot. And, uh, and we're there early. So, you know, our mornings, our Sunday mornings, church doesn't start till 10, but we're there at least two hours before everybody else. But that's all mm -hmm. right. We view it as a great blessing and an honor, but, um, yeah, so we, we hope you guys really enjoyed the last podcast, um, that we put out there about non-negotiables and, um, yes. I, by the downloads, it looked like, you know, people are enjoying it. What we would ask is if you don't mind, um, to help get our podcast out to more people, 
If you would rate it, go out there. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, these various different platforms, and just rate the podcast for us, what that will do is that will get us out there to more people because I think more people need to understand how to wrangle some freedom in the Lord. Yes, yes, wrangle it. And we would appreciate your support. Yes. And even write, you know, if you've got time, write a little review about us. We love that. So just get it on out there, guys. We would appreciate that so much. But we have got a lot to talk about today. And, um, you know, Jamie and I have been going back and forth about several different things. And uh, we're going to jump into that here in just a second. But I do want to talk very quickly because we're not doing a um, what's happening segment because there's just not enough to talk about in our opinion right now. (laughs) The Lord is speaking a whole lot more than the media. So, um, but everybody is really preparing for these midterm primaries. Yeah. And it's really, really important guys that you get out and vote. Uh, I know Florida it's, it's here in August. We can start voting the ninth straight through to the 23rd. I believe it is. Um, I believe you said South Carolina is the same. So <laughs> know when you're voting and get out there and vote. This is for your local government. This is for state government. And this is for national government. We want to get the right people put in place. And Um, I listened to a podcast called Hold the Line Mm -hmm. by worship leader Sean Foyt, and he had a senator from California on there. And one of the statements that he made was that one of the biggest challenges that they have is that Christians do not get out there and vote as much as they say that they do. And they, they did some demographics and that really made me kind of sad when I heard that. And so Mm -hmm. um, I want to encourage you guys go vote because they were saying that Christians say, well, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray for the election, that it'll go Uh well. Well, that's great that you're praying about it, but that's like saying, I'm going to win the lottery. So I'm going to pray about it, but you never bought a ticket. You you can't do it. It won't work. And um, he used the example of David and Goliath. And I think this is so powerful and I hope that it speaks to you. And what he said was that David didn't walk down there and listen to Goliath mocking God and then walk away and say, well, I'm just going to go pray about it. No, David then walked away, picked up five stones and went right back to the giant and took the battle to the giant. And so it's that same situation. We can't just hear what's going on, complain about it and then pray about it and never come back to fight the battle. And part of fighting this battle that we're facing in our nation is by voting. So get out and vote. I really, really, you're going to hear me say it a lot until this is over guys, because that's really what we need to do. That's the only way change is going to take place. Yes. And you guys can make a difference. I mean, you know, it's just like us being lights in the darkness. I mean, if we don't shine our light, then it'll just be darkness. So we might as well get out there and shine it as much as we can and the opportunities that we have to make a difference. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, we're going to jump on into what we're talking about today. And, um, you know, we all have seasons in our life. And I think Ecclesiastes says it the best in Ecclesiastes 3.1. It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And one of the things that I've kind of started to discover recently is that change is really hard for people. I don't know about you, Jamie, but I find yeah. change really difficult. Yeah. Change is never easy. It's, it's, um, 
getting outside of your comfort zone. So it's yeah. when you're in your comfort zone, you know, it's comfortable and you can cozy up in your covers and just feel good because you know what to expect. Yeah. But then when you get out of your comfort zone, it's like, oh my gosh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. You feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you, know? you feel insecure. You kind of feel exposed yeah. and it's uncertain. Yeah. And, um, you know, something that I think every single person on the entire planet that was alive in 2020 understands is that was the biggest change that we've ever experienced as a world globally. Everybody experienced that change. And it came in like a freight train unexpected in the middle of the night and it shut everything down and it changed our lives within a matter of moments and no one was prepared for that change. Yes. Yes. That, I mean, that moment when things, when they told us that there was this disease and that don't go outside, it's an airborne and, you know, make sure you uh, wash your hands. And and, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, the first time I stepped out in March that year, I just remember going to Wally World because I had to go get something and I had my gloves and my mask and everything. Mm-hmm. But then I saw the person next to me wearing a scuba diving type. Oh, wow. Thing over there. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, what on, what in the world are we yeah. living in right now? I mean, am I in outer space right now? I mean, <laughs> it was that sad. I'm telling you, we all we all went to extremes. Yes. For me, I mean, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I got to wear gloves. I mean, it was a time. It was. And I I think, you know, the the reality is change is inevitable in our lives Um, and how we navigate the change matters. And it's not so much the change, but the navigation of the change. And sometimes those seasons of change will last more than say a winter or a spring. Sometimes it goes through two winters and before you feel like you actually settle back into a steady rhythm. And I think that that's what's taken place in our world is that, you know, people, I cringe when I hear people say this, they're like, we're waiting for our normal to return. And I'm like, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going back the way. And what I've found is that so many people um, have become frozen in a state of looking back. They're they're constantly looking back at what was pre-2020. And they're Mm -hmm. instead of looking forward to a new future and Mm -hmm. um, the freshness that God really wants us to have, you know, um, the reality is that things are never going to be the same in our world. And we saw it rocked to its core and it was what was normal was completely obliterated. It was gone. It was wiped out. What we viewed as normal, social gatherings, all these things, you can go down the road, hospital visits, you know, um, masks, vaccines, no masks, gloves, no gloves, washing things, sanitizing, all of this stuff just went crazy. Oh yeah. Washing your groceries. Oh yes. Yes. Did you I do that. To, I used to wash uh, everything. Girl, I washed the chip bag, everything. Clorox everything. wipes over everything. Oh, yes. Gosh. But we've moved on from that, right? 
We don't do that anymore. However, there are some people that have not moved from there. Right. There's some people that are still checking in on an app on their phone to tell people where they've been to track COVID. That's scary. I know that they're still doing this in Ireland. And I was like, when somebody told me they were still doing this, I said, please stop. You're seriously still checking into that? Well, they told me that I needed to. I said, who told you? Well, that's how, you know, back when everything started, I said, we're two years on, two and a half years on. Let it go. Stop yeah. checking in. Yeah. Let's move forward with life. Yeah. You know, and so as I began to kind of think about moving forward um, and change, that thought of looking back, immediately a specific person came to mind. And that's Lot's wife, Lot and his family. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if you're not familiar with the story, the long and short of it is that Lot was Abraham's nephew and he had and his family had chosen to settle into a city that I know everybody knows. It was called Sodom with the neighboring city being Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. So they were these twin cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. They chose to live in Sodom. And God has this conversation with Abraham and two angels that are with them. And the angels leave and God's like, look, they're going to check out Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, going to destroy it. And Abraham goes through this negotiation with God, like, like we can negotiate with God, right? You know, right. <laughs> well, Lord, if, if you find a hundred people, please don't destroy it. You know, that are, that are good people of God. And he works his way down to the final number of God. If you could just find 10 righteous people, don't destroy it. Yeah. And God's like, I'm out because there aren't 10 people in that city or the other one that are righteous. And it's proven because when those angels show up and Lot is outside the city and he meets them, he invites them to come in and they're like, no, no, we'll hang out out here. But he insists and they go in and man, the people were so wicked that they come to the door, men banging on the door and saying, send those men out to us because we want to have our wicked way with them. And that's yeah. how perverted the city was. Yes, they were. Yeah. And um, so you you look at that side of it and you're just like, whoa, here's Abraham. He really didn't know what was going on. And mm-hmm. God has sent these angels to do what? To save Lot and his family because they're related to Abraham. And Abraham's mm-hmm. begging, like he knows his family's there. And Um, but they've also been sent to destroy the city. And so if you start by looking at Genesis 19, 16 and 17, it says this, when Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Yeah. So the first thing that I see in this, he hesitated. He hesitated. Yeah, he totally did. Like, he hesitated. Why would Lot hesitate? knowing full well what the angels have been sent to do and he's like they're like we're gonna get you out of here and he's like "Hmm, maybe 
Well, I don't know. Like what? Yeah. But I mean, even if you go back just a little bit, when those men were banging on the door saying, let us have the, those, those men, because they didn't realize they were angels. Mm-hmm. Lot turns around and says, no, don't do that. He said, I've got two virgin daughters. I'll send them out to you. What was wrong with Lot? I think he had a screw loose. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I didn't, I have never really pondered too much on that aspect of it, except for the fact that why like the girls why the girls like you know why why send your baby girl virgins out there you know and they're kind of totally take advantage of them I'd much rather have the angels defend themselves you know which is what they know. end up doing anyways and they make yeah. everybody blind and that's yes. the end of that but you know the reason that i look at it the hesitation have you ever hesitated on something yeah. in life yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I was thinking about, I was like, when's the time that I hesitated, you know, that I, it, it cost me and the time that really sticks out to me. And it's mildly amusing is I went skiing with a youth group when I was 15, never been skiing before in my life. Right. So I'm like super excited, going to try something new. And I'd never ridden a ski lift, but if you have ridden a ski lift, you know, that when you get to the top, you got to move. You got to jump off of that sucker. And then you begin to ski. No, not me. I hesitate. And I watch my friend jump off and I'm sitting there still on it. And I was frozen. I hesitated. I couldn't get off and I'd missed the opportunity. And then way back down the mountain, I went. <laughs> so what did I miss out on? Well, number one, I missed out on timing. And, and so I missed out on spending time with my friend. Yeah. She went ahead and she went skiing for the day and I never could catch up to her. She was gone, you know, yeah. because the, by the time I'm back up at the top of the mountain, she's already down and she's catching yeah. another ride to come back up. And there were different slopes and I didn't know what slope she'd gone on. So I miss making memories with this individual, mm-hmm. but then I also, um, <laughs> I ended up throwing myself off and it was pretty hilarious because I think I ended up just making snow angels at that point because I was like <laughs> so bad at it. But you, oh you know, we have these moments where we hesitate and, and it causes us to miss out yeah. on something. Miss out on an opportunity. Yeah. 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 But then I started thinking about a moment in my life when I didn't hesitate and I can remember it so vividly. I was probably about six and it was in my Mima's backyard and she had this little uh, brick wall and I would climb up on that brick wall and I would stand there and I would say, daddy, catch me, daddy, catch me. And I would jump whether I knew my daddy was looking or not. I was going to jump. I didn't hesitate. I just jumped. And it reminds me of our heavenly father because mm-hmm. my daddy caught me every time, but yeah. that's how God is. He catches us. And so many times I think that the Lord just wants us to take that step forward Mm -hmm. and trust him rather than hesitating and going back down the mountain. Yeah. Because so many times we get up to the top and then we hesitate and we just go right back down to the valley. Oh yeah. You know? So do you have an example? Oh, oh yeah. Oh girl. I have so many. Um, there have been times when I, um, will be at a restaurant with my family and, um, there's an opportunity to, you know, that you could share the lore, you know, and you just, you heard somebody kind of, maybe the waitress is having a bad day. And instead of, uh, saying, Hey, you know, why don't you, we're going to, we're fixing to, to pray over our food. Do you have any prayer requests? 
you know, and, uh, we'll pray for you. Um, you know, and just feeling that, uh, you know, hesitation, like, I don't know, you know, and then you kind of look over at your husband, like, well, I don't want to make him feel awkward and I don't want to do that. But, you know, I've had, I have had those hesitations and I have spoken with my husband about that. And so now what we do is we, as a team, we'll make sure before we pray, we'll ask if we're out to eat, we'll ask the waitress if we have any, uh, you know, they have any prayer requests since they're waiting on us. I mean, why not pray for them? You know? Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, there's been many, um, do you have one in your personal life where you hesitated and you missed out on something where you didn't make a decision? You wouldn't move. Do you have something like that? Like moving? Yeah. Where where it would have affected you if you, you hesitated on making a decision and it would have affected you. It affected you personally. Um, I mean, I can't think of like on top of my head right now, but, um, but just, you know, missing opportunities where, um, okay. Uh, you know, if, uh, you know, I had, uh, helped somebody cross the street or something, I don't know, stuff like that. I yeah. could have helped somebody cross the street and it would have been easier for them maybe, you know, help them, you know, but I really yeah. can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I'm well. sure I've got plenty of stories. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I needed to think about that. That's um, okay. If you think of something, we'll come back to it. But you know, the, the word hesitation, um, the definition is a delay due to uncertainty of mind or fear. And a lot of times people will delay taking action on things within their life because they're uncertain yeah. of it or they're scared of it. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, you know, with, if we are fearful in our mind. And that may have been what was going on with Lot as to why mm-hmm. he hesitated or a little bit of uncertainty of like, <laughs> are these guys really angels? Is this really going to take place? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and he could have had that, that kind of thought process there um, that you're like, Hmm, I just don't know. You know? And I, I, I think that everybody kind of goes through hesitations um, and there are moments that we're super certain about things. It's like, mm-hmm. I know it. I know right. it. I know it. If I know it, that's it. But then there right. are moments where we're very uncertain and we do, we hesitate and, you know, we miss out on an opportunity where a God could use us. Miss out on an opportunity mm-hmm. where, um, you know, we could miss out on a blessing because we chose not to move forward. And, um, you know, so it's, it's not always about putting yourself out there, but it is about listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and being obedient. And I think that what you do when you, you pray for people, is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we hesitate on that. And that's, it's a fear thing. It's, it's, you know, the unknown of, I don't know how this, or even you're not sure how your family's going to respond if you're with them out to eat. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess that's why I brought that up is like yeah. you know, just the response of when you're with your family and you're like, now, if I was by myself, I would immediately have been like, Hey, you know, why don't you have me pray for you? You know? Yeah. yeah. Or, but when you have others with you, you're kind of worried about their company and, and how, you know, you don't want to make them feel like uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. kind of, uh, kind of bend the knee, I guess. Um, we, and, and, and we, I believe that everybody has done that at some point. And, um, yeah. 
I think as we grow as Christians and our walk with the Lord and our spiritual maturity, mm-hmm. at some point we kind of get to a place where we're like, I don't care what they think. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm yeah. because God told me to do it and family yeah. will get it or they don't get it. If they don't get it, well, then I'm going to have to help them understand it, you know, right. and grow. Right. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of the hesitancies I've had, some examples I've had in my past is, you know, just the, the fact that, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes uh, now, if I'm by myself, um, it's like I, I'll make initiative to do things sure, more. Sure, but when yeah. I'm with my family members, like like if I just go up to a guy in front of my my husband and say, "Hey, can we pray for you?" It's kind of like you know I don't want to disrespect my husband mm-hmm. by asking him, "Can I pray for you?" Because yeah. I don't want him to think, "Well, you know, you trying to flirt with another man." You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I mean. Like. I, I get those kind of scenarios. Like yeah. I have to be careful um, how I respond because I don't want my, I don't want to disrespect my husband and I don't want my son, you know, especially if it's a male, female type thing, I want to try to keep my boundaries. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so that's where I'm, I'm talking about with, uh, with hesitation is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm married and I yeah. have to be careful you know, not to appear like I'm being flirtatious. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And I think that when, when we talk about the, you know, hesitation again, it does, it goes back to fear. It goes back to, um, and I was scared to get off of that yeah. lift. I'm yeah. not going to lie about it. You know, another time in my life, John had taken me to Urquhart castle, which is on the shores of Loch Ness mm-hmm. and, um, it's ruins, but there is a spiral staircase that takes you to the top and you can look out um, to the lock. I am deathly afraid of heights. I do not do heights. And he didn't know this about me. And he just goes marching up that spiral staircase and it's open. It's not enclosed. Like if it had been enclosed, I probably would have been good, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. open. And so I was like, oh, I can't do this. And he's like, come on, you got to come up here. And I was like, I am so scared. You're going to miss out. Yeah. Yeah. And so he took my hand and he helped lead me to the top. And I was able to see the most amazing views of the lock and get some beautiful pictures. But if he hadn't taken my hand, I wouldn't have come up there. And I go back now to that scripture where the angels seized the hand and the hands of like the hand of Lot and his wife and his daughters. Mm -hmm. If their hands had not been taken by the hands of the angels, they would have never left. Yeah. But same thing for me. If John had not taken my hand, I would have never walked to the top of that staircase and seen what I'd seen. Their lives would have not been spared if they hadn't grabbed their hands and said, come on, we're getting you out of here. So, so many times we need somebody else to come along and it may or may not be an angel. So, (laughs) you know, yeah. but sometimes we just need somebody that grabs Mm -hmm. our hand and stops us from the hesitation and drags us forward a little bit Mm -hmm. so that we can see the views that the God, that God has for us. And it might just be Mm -hmm. by encouragement. It might be, you know, I was scared to do this podcast. I had thought about doing a podcast for like four years. And I was like, I don't know anything about podcasting. Who's going to want to listen to me, you know? And then here we are. I took Mm -hmm. the step. I did the research and I bought the equipment and I found a great partner to do this with. And God is just building it. 
but I did hesitate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because of fear, because of uncertainty. But now mm-hmm. I'm in a place where I'm like, I know God uses freedom wranglers for yeah. things that I never thought he would use it for. And I know there's more to come. So I yeah. don't want to hesitate anymore. And when he gives me an idea, it's like, okay, God, is this idea for me? Is it for now? Or is it for somebody else? And right. those are the three things that I kind of ask myself. So. I'm the same way. I ask those three questions as well, too. I'll yeah. be like, does this fit? Like, I'll and I'll align it with scripture. I'll align it with my lifestyle that I'm leading yeah. and ministry with my family, and just see if it all aligns up. And if it does, then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is totally from God. This yeah. is a God thing because He's not trying to. Uh, he He's going to make it clear to you that this is your His plan. Like the the podcast, I was like. To me, I didn't, I was not hesitate. I was like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. This you were, work out perfect. You I was were like, right let's go board. girl. Let's wrangle it. Let's <laughs> do it. I'm excited. You know, this is, I've been waiting to do some, some kind of ministry like this. Yes. You know? I've been waiting to do something like this because, because of what I have been seeing on Facebook and how we both got off Facebook and, and just seeing that we really didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course. Of course, the Lord would open a door up for that. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And that, that's just how he, he is just so amazing that he puts things together. And, but if I'd hesitated, we wouldn't be here today. If, right. I, if I had yes. never taken that step of faith. And so, right. um, you know, I finally got over my hesitation and yeah. pushed forward, but, you know, then we get down into the angels and they're, they're like their orders. And it says the angels ordered, they said, run for your lives. And it draws me right to that scripture in second Timothy four, seven, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. It's about running that race for your life. It's running the race of faith for our lives. And they were literally running for their physical lives. Yeah. But if they hadn't moved forward again, they would die. Now these next few things that they say are super interesting. And I, I want to try to unpack them as much as possible. Don't look back or stop anywhere in the Valley. And these are two things that I think are so, so important. And then the next thing they say is escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Mm-hmm. So not looking back, that is where we kind of started. The beginning of this podcast is about looking yeah. back. Yeah. And there is one person in this family. She looks back. Yeah. And we kind of want to unpack this because she made the biggest mistake of her life and I just don't seem to understand it. Yeah. And it's Genesis 1926. Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, meaning Lot, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Yeah. That was it. She was done mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And so there's a question that you have, Jamie, that is in this amazing book that you've been reading about, you know, telling the truth to yourself. Mm-hmm. and it is like it ties into this so beautifully it's like why would she look back yeah why that's exactly what it is it's like what was it that made her look back what was it that was it some kind of 
Uh, was it some kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss having all that yummy food that I used to eat, you know, or right? what, what, what was it uh, that made her so attracted yeah. to that life yeah. and wanting to look back and, and die looking back? And what was it? You it's, know, I mean, you said something like, you know, was it food? Was it the belongings she left behind? Right. Did she tell herself this lie that I'm never going to have those things again? I'm never going to have friends again. Mm -hmm. Like I had in Sodom, I'm not going to have fun anymore. I mean, what did, what do we think she told? Because it's never discussed. Yeah. The reasoning for looking back. Yeah. There was a misbelief that she was listening to in her mind, Mm -hmm. you know? So she was listening to this lie that we all know started in the garden of Eden. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lie that you could be gods. Okay. Uh, and so there was a lie that, that a misbelief that she had in that moment where she felt that greater things aren't to come. Yeah. But greater things are of the past Mm -hmm. and for her to look back and listen to that misbelief um, is, is telling you how she made a failed decision and it cost her her life. And, um, you know, she, she separated, uh, her in that moment, she took the risk of leaving her children and her husband behind by Mm. looking back. Mm. And that's, that's pretty fierce that she gave into this misbelief um, this misbelief that comes, that came across our minds. And I, and that's, that, that's what I've been reading about is, um, the, what is misbelief, you know, mm-hmm. and telling yourself the truth. That's the name of the book is telling yourself the truth. And so you got to hold captive these misbeliefs and obviously Lot's wife, it was too late. She made a decision in that moment that she was going to entertain the misbelief and it costs her her life and it's very sad it really is and um and my other thought is and we're just speculating we're just you know throwing our thoughts out what what could have gone through this woman's mind i wonder if she thought wonder if the angels are really going to destroy it what's that going to look like and she was a nosy nelly and she couldn't just leave it where it was, she just had to look. She yeah. just had to stick her nose in and be like, I oh, was yeah. there the day, you know? Yeah. Oh, surely God wouldn't kill me. Just right. like in the Garden of Eden. That's oh, right. surely the Satan says, Oh, surely you're not going to die. That's right. You That's ate right. of this apple. You're just going to get knowledge. That's right. Just one you're little bite of the fruit. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And, and that's, that is, I mean, it's isn't it so interesting that the enemy is he's the father of lies Mm -hmm. his battle is for our minds Mm -hmm. and where do we lie to ourselves in our minds yeah and so if we're lying to ourselves, like you're talking about in this book Mm -hmm. and we're telling Mm -hmm. ourselves these untruths and misguided perceptions then the enemy is winning the battle for our mind, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could give you an example of some of the things that cross people's minds here. I mean, I'm a failure. 
and no good. Mm. So in this example, it says this person who was having a failed marriage. So it says, I'm a failure and no good. Well, instead you should say the marriage failed, but I am deeply loved by God. Therefore I am important. So countering those misbeliefs in your brain. Yes. And, and another misbelief is I'm so lonely and miserable. The truth is I am alone, but I'm not lonely. And you ain't miserable either. Unless you make yourself miserable. We're going to talk about that. Come on now. Yeah. (laughs) And, and number three, I'm separated from my family and there's no joy anymore for me. Oh, Lord. Instead, that's a, that's a misbelief there. Instead, you tell yourself the truth by saying, I'm separated from my family and that hurts. And it says, I can, I can, uh, I can move on. I can move on from this hurt. Mm. I can move on. I can still move on. I can still keep going, even though, and push through this hurt. So it's not like you're telling yourself, yes, it does hurt, but it's not the end of the world that I can, I can still, you know, move on and work through it one day at a time. So it's, it's having that, you know, breakdown in your brain of, okay, here's this misbelief, kind of like Lot's wife. Who knows what was going on? It must have been something pretty intense for her to look back. Oh, yeah. But she gave into it. She mm-hmm. gave into that lie and it destroyed her. And just like these people that are having a failed marriage. Yes, I have a failed marriage, but I am deeply loved by God. Therefore, I am important. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You are important. That's right. Yeah. And, and it's learning. You can find those truths in God's word. If you're reading his word, which right. we know is truth, right? then we should be then taking that and applying it to our lives. Unfortunately, so many people don't. Um, right. You read it and it goes in one ear and out the other. And yeah. that's not why we've been given the word of God. But, right. y- you know, telling yourself the truth is so important. And I just, you know, I think I just shake my head and I think, man, she really <laughs> hesitated and was mm-hmm. disobedient mm-hmm. all in one and then ends up a pillar of salt. It must have been crazy because I imagine like maybe Lot was holding her hand and then all of a sudden the texture of her hand changed and just kind of fell apart in his hand. And he must have thought, mm-hmm. what in the world? But he couldn't look back. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew better. He knew because he, he knew better. So it was like, oh, that's it. We got to keep going. Yeah. You kept going. You're going to push through it. I can function even though, even though I hurt, even though, mm-hmm. even though his wife died. Yeah. He could have mentally, he could have allowed the devil to come in and allow these thoughts to come in and say, well, if she's going to die, I'm going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to go die with her. Sure. Sure. You yeah. Know? But instead he said, oh my gosh, this really hurts that she died. Mm-hmm. This really is painful, but. I can function even through this hurt and I'm going to keep moving on. I'm going to keep going forward and not looking back. That's it. That's it. Not looking back. And that is one of the things, you know, that I think that 
when we have situations in our lives that we have traumatic situations in life, everybody Mm -hmm. does. There are events that take place. And I kind of look at them as mile markers of Mm -hmm. when something happened, but how did I recover from that? Something, a devastating thing. It could be grief from the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of finances, a job. It could be a relationship. There's so many different things that, that we have. Every individual, every human being has mile markers in their life of something devastating that happened to them. But the one thing I know that everybody can relate to is what happened in 2020. It was devastating to everybody. Yeah. yeah. But how do you move forward from that? You don't, you can't consistency, consistently look back because as we all know, and I'm sure many of you have heard this, you know, uh, things may appear larger or smaller in the mirror than they actually are. You know, you're looking in the mirror and, and you can't, if you're constantly looking in the rear view mirror, you might end up having an accident and crash. Yeah. yeah. You know, so or end up like Lot's wife. So we don't want to go there. And so we have to stop looking back. There's just so much power in the instructions that the angels gave them. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Don't look back. So that is the sign that the Lord says, keep going, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And I believe that that's applicable to us today in our Mm -hmm. lives. And it should be applicable to our lives forever, no matter what change takes place in our lives we should be able to not stop, not look back, keep moving forward. But it takes me to this next part. They say, don't stop anywhere in the valley. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I've said this not too long ago about the valley, but Mm -hmm. I've known people who've gotten stuck in the valley. Yeah. It's not a good place to be. It is. Whew. Because instead Mm -hmm. of looking back or looking forward, you're just, you are in a stagnant place. Yeah. That was Jamie drinking water, by the way, guys. Um, Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) She she forget. Um, That that the people become stagnant in the valley and they, they just pause there and they weep there. And they cry over whatever the loss is. And they are, I'm going to, hold on. Let me just get my tent out. Let me put my tent up. Got my tent out and we'll make a fire. I'm going to sit here at this point in my life and I ain't moving forward. And I'm going to keep asking the Lord to do something. But I ain't coming out of the valley until he does. And I just look at it. What a horrible place to be. It's nice you got a little tent there and you put a fire up, but that's not a good place to stay. Mm -mm. And it takes me to Psalm 23, which is a Psalm of David. And we all know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But I want to jump down to verse four. And it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Guy, the key, the key word in this verse is I walk through. Yea, though I walk through, it didn't say, yea, though I built my tent and I've put up a fire and I'm cooking fish over the fire. I ain't going to fear no evil. 
No, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think it's so interesting that they told them, don't you dare stop in this valley. Keep going. Well, David says the same thing in Psalm 23, much, much later. Yeah. I mean, he came way after Abraham. But he even understood you don't stop in the valley because mm-hmm. you have places to go. Mm-hmm. And you got people to influence. So, you know, I've probably been guilty of stopping in the valley a time or two. Yeah. When life hurts, sometimes we get caught up in the hurt. And I was talking to someone recently and um, I'd read a devotion about, you know, when you stop counting the days from the tragic event, stop counting the months and years or whatever, that's when you know that you're healed. And um, this individual was telling me, oh, it's been so many months since such and such happened. And, And I said, and they were like, I know I shouldn't count it. And I said, it's okay. You're not healed yet, but you will get healed. And you'll know you're healed when you've stopped counting the days, when you've stopped counting the months. And um, I know that in my own life, you know, I've had, uh, we lost our business in Scotland. We had subway stores. We lost it all Um, in 2008 and nine. It was tragic. It was horrible what we experienced. It was a great loss. And I grieved that loss. And when we relocated back to the United States at the end of 2009, I was stuck. I was stuck in the past, looking back at what we had. We no longer had it, but I kept looking back at it. I, in so many ways, because I had lived in the UK for 10 years, associated with just being British. I didn't even feel American anymore at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. I felt like an alien in my own country because all of the verbiage I used was British. All of the products I used were British. I grew up over there. I was 22 when I got married. Yeah. So I was a baby and I became an adult yeah. in that environment, but I just kept looking back. And then we relocated to Florida and I got a job. And let me tell you, I kept looking back. It literally took me probably three years of looking back and living in a valley of woe is me. I can't believe I'm in this place until I finally just stopped and I looked up and I was like, what am I doing here? I'm so blessed. God has provided so much for me. He provided a way through Mm -hmm. and I had to get out of the valley, you know, so valleys are tough places man they are they are tough they're no fun to be there mm -mm, but they can look pretty Mm -hmm. they can look like they will sustain you yeah and um, we have to get out of the valley and we have to escape to the mountains that is the next instruction that the angels give escape to the mountains Mm -hmm. and um, you do a lot of hiking jamie you're, yeah. you're a mountain climber. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, you take on some pretty steep tracks. You might yeah. not have the ropes and all the pulleys and yeah. stuff, but you get yeah. out there and you do a lot of hiking, especially, yeah. you know, in the fall and springtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. You know, what's especially it the fall. for you on these hikes, you'll be in the lower terrain and you get to those precipices within the mountains. Yeah. 
What's the difference? The view. I mean, it's the view, it's the air, it's, um, it's a, the feeling of accomplishment of, uh, but the view is, is what's attractive because Mm -hmm. all that hard work, and then you stand up there and then you're just seeing the grandeur and you see, you know, the little cars and you see all the, you know, how far up you are. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, down there, I'm like a grain of salt compared to where I'm at right here, you know, that um, it's a spiritual moment where you're having where you look at all the cares of the world and you see how small they are. And you look down at it and you're like, oh my gosh, things, things aren't that bad after all, you know, when you look down, you're like, why do we let those things bother us so much down there? And that town and that valley why did we allow <laughs> that to to affect us in our our spiritual walk you know if i would have stayed down there i wouldn't have been able to enjoy this beautiful landscape of what god has to offer that's right so yeah, yeah. and that is that that's exactly it is that you when you get to the mountaintop it changes your perspective it changes everything that is, um, rather than looking at things down here, all of a sudden you're up here and you're looking down upon it. And like you said, everything just begins to look so small. Yes. And so when you change your perspective of the view of the situation, yes. oh my, yeah, you realize that the things that you were like focused in on, you know, cause you had the tunnel vision. Yes, all of a sudden it opens up and you couldn't see the forest for the trees because you were just focused in on this, but you open it up and it becomes this amazing, amazing view and perspective. Yes. And that's why it's such a spiritual thing. You know, not only the exercise, the exercise is amazing for you, Mm -hmm. you know, going in a higher altitude is good for your lungs and it's, it's healthy for you. So there's a physical matter that happens to you as well but the spiritual uh is even more enlightening when you do you reach that and you see like you're saying this perspective a different perspective um and knowing that there is a creator that is even bigger than where i'm standing has a much more better view up there in heaven (laughs) yeah so i mean it's it's just it it's just it does something to you. And I, and I hope anybody out there could go for a hike. I mean, it, it definitely will affect you spiritually. You oh know, yeah. It's, it brings but, clarity, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, to where mm-hmm. you feel clouded. And, um, yeah. you know, I was just thinking about things that God, as we read the word of God, there's several events that have taken place and they're on the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Well, one is with an Exodus with Moses. Mm-hmm. Where does Moses go? to meet with God, mm-hmm. he meets him on the mountaintop and that's where God gives the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. And it, I find this interesting because God tends to meet people on the mountaintop a lot. When, mm-hmm. when you look in scripture, when you look at Elijah, he goes up and he's in the mountains and where is it that God speaks to him? It's in the still small whispers you know it's mm-hmm. not through the the thunder and it's not through the big wind but it's just through that jesus on the mount of transfiguration oh yeah oh yeah i mean 
and and then you look at Peter and what did Peter do? Peter wanted to build a little shelter. <laughs> oh, I know. He was such a little rascal. Oh, but that's oh. where the Lord meets us is on the mountain. Yeah. It's not that he's, he's with you in the valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has his rod and his staff there to protect you. But really where you experience the presence of the Lord, I believe, is on the mountaintop. And you said that. It's a spiritual experience physically being there. And there's mm-hmm. that spiritual side of climbing to the top of the mountain with the Lord. Yeah. But life. It really is. Hey, reality is you can't stay up there forever, can you, Jamie? No, you got to come back down. And you better get back down before it gets too dark because there's some <laughs> wild animals out there that, that especially in the spring that's when all the bears and snakes are really happy uh-huh. and wanting to frolic around but the fall is not you know it's that's when they're hibernating and all that so it's a little bit i like going in the fall because of the the foliage is changed oh, and yeah. such like that so it's beautiful it is so beautiful and those are the things that we i look at that and i think okay reality is we can't stay spiritually on a mountaintop forever mm-hmm. at some point there's going to be another low there's going to be another valley and you're gonna have to climb back up but i believe as you said this i just, the holy spirit just dropped this into my mind it is just as it's exercise for your physical body, it's exercise for your spirit man to walk through the valley and climb up the mountain again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because as you do this, you become stronger spiritually because you know, wait a second, I tried to stay there too long last time when he wanted me to keep on walking through and take me to the mountaintop. Let me move a little bit faster this time. Let mm-hmm. me allow him to hold my hand and pull me to the top of the mountain. Because he right. will. And I, I think of that book, Hind's Feet on High Places. Yeah. And that's where he wants us. He wants us to be in those high places with him. And so from my perspective, you know, change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're all going to experience mm-hmm. it at some point. Mm-hmm. How yeah. are you going to respond to change? And I think that telling yourself the truth, Jamie. Yes is so important. And I think that maybe on our next podcast, we need to unpack some more of that. How do yeah. we tell ourselves the truth and what are the hangups that people get yeah. on? Yeah. I mean, it, it literally are literally the, um, the hangups people get on are, are generalized statements. Like mm. I'm, you know, I'm a failure or I'm so lonely and miserable you know, stuff like that, where it's kind of a generalized, or I'm so, or I'm so ugly, or I'm so this, or I'm so that, you know what I mean? Like we get hung up on these generalized Mm -hmm. things and, you know, we have to fight against those generalizations and realize that, you know, Hey, uh, you know, I may be deeply, you know, that I am deeply loved. Therefore I am important. So so I'm not a failure. I am deeply loved by God. Therefore I am important. So knowing that the, knowing the scriptures, like mm-hmm. for example, Philippians four thirteen, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, knowing and believing it, that what his word says is true. There you go. Encountering. That's how you counter the lies. That's good. It's by knowing the truth, which is the word of God and teach yourself to communicate and discuss those things in your brain and replace the lies with truth 
and having mercy on yourself. Yeah. You know, have that mercy on yourself because of what the word of God says. And that's how we fight against those lies that come at us every single day, especially when we're in the valley. Oh, yeah. Especially when we're in the valley. You're never going to make it to the top of that mountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're so out of shape. Well, guess what? I'll get in shape when I climb up that mountain. <laughs> that's right. You know? <laughs> and you have to tell your spirit, man, you, know, you can do Like you just said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. Listen, I had an MRI. I was real scared of going in that thing. And that's what I said the entire time. I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. The lady, if she was listening to me, probably thought I was nuts. I do not care because it got me through the whole MRI. <laughs> Girl, you got, we got to use the truth. We got to use it. the truth. Jesus used the truth and a temptation. He, you know? sure did. he did. He used the truth. And there's power. There is power of life and death in the tongue. Why would you speak death over yourself? That's right. Lies to yourself. And it almost, some of what you're saying, it really resonates with me, but um, I would call them affirmations. Mm -hmm. So you have positive things you can speak over yourself or you have negative things you can speak over yourself. And those lies are all the negative things you speak over yourself. And truth is the affirmations and when you affirm things especially when they line up with the word of god it will build you up it will encourage you they actually say that you should do affirmations at least three three times a day and you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself those things because the more that you hear that the more you'll believe that than the lie it's true it is true. I mean, it is through prayer and the power of truth. We find our personhood. Yes. You know, telling ourselves the truth sets us free. And as a Christian, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. That's right. That's right. But you can't stand there and look at yourself in the mirror. If you've got the whole, like, you're like my 600 pound life and say, um, I'm a hundred pounds and I eat cake all day. I'm a hundred pounds and eat cake all day. No, 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 no. You got to stop that because that's not truth. You know, you've got to look at yourself and change that phraseology that I can eat healthy today. I can eat healthy today. Exactly. I can make wise choices in my diet. Those are the types of things that you can say, but you can't be saying crazy things, you know, like I'm not going to lie. I've heard people, they've come up for prayer and they've said, and you say to them, how can I pray for you? Well, I want to lose weight. Pray for me that the Lord will miraculously cause me to lose weight. Mm -mm. Crickets, man. I just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And so the way I pray, this is the way that the Lord really helped me was Lord help sister so-and-so with self-control and making right choices in her diet so that, and becoming more active so that she'll be successful at losing weight. That's how I pray for him. Mm -hmm. Because I think to come up and ask the Lord to cause you to lose weight as a healing, it's kind of sacrilegious to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I too harsh, Jamie? No, I mean, I think that there are things that you could pray for a miracle for you know for instance yeah i mean but there's things like if you okay so for an example you know this would probably be you know like lord i if you didn't have a leg right yeah and you're like lord please give me a leg Mm -hmm. 
And you okay. never know, he might grow a leg right off. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, anything's possible with the Lord. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's certain things that, you know, that this, this ain't now there are miracles Lord, out there. God can do miracles. Like you said, but I think it's good. Is there a, is there a boundary with it, Jamie, in that when it's considering the flesh, and you haven't yeah. learned the difference yet. So I guess like it would be like it me is. going, Oh, I need a facelift. Lord, give me a facelift. Tighten up this skin, Heavenly yeah, Father. Right, in right, Jesus' right. name. Yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> ooh, ooh, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That ain't going to work. That ain't My teeth work. are darn yellow, Lord. Would you make them white? You know? Make them white. Yeah. Hey, got some, I got them crisp white strips for you right over there at Wally World. That That's right. Sense. That's what he's saying. <laughs> and it's like, it takes you to that, that they kind of use it as a joke, but it's a very good analogy of like, you know, there's a flood and the man is inside, gets to the top of his house and he's like, Lord, help me. And a boat comes me. by and he doesn't get in the boat. Yeah. You know, um, yes. And the helicopter comes by and he doesn't get in and then he drowns. He and he yeah. says to the Lord, why didn't you save me? He said, well, who do you think sent the boat and the helicopter? Exactly. Those, uh, that's exactly how I feel too. It's the same scenario. Like God will send you these things and it's, you need to be perceptive and yes. knowing that these are, these are from God, Yes. you know, and it's like your warning signs, you know, it's mm-hmm. like here, here's a warning. Hello. Don't turn back. That's right. That's right. Don't you look behind. But a lot of people, the things that they want a healing for or a miracle for, the reality is that if they just made a couple of simple changes in themselves, Mm -hmm. it would take place. Mm And we're not talking about like the man at the pool of Bethesda who sat for 38 years just dragging himself around and then the lord walks in and says pick up your mat and walk that's a totally different situation Mm -hmm. we're looking at individuals that you know lack self-control and need to just exercise less of the fork to the mouth or make better choices or take some exercise or take better care of your skin you know Mm -hmm. put a little moisturizer on it don't be out in the sun getting all sandpaper and leather looking yeah raisin that yeah raisin that (laughs) (laughs) is that is that is that what we call them raisin it raisin (laughs) it raisin it it's truth because change and and it's sometimes it's hard to make changes we have change that interrupts our life but then we have changes we have to make yes yeah and it's not step always easy. Yeah. No, but- it's never easy, but that's what we have the word of God for to help encourage us and to have a church body to encourage us. I mean, that's what we need. We need the encouragement because this life is hard. We yes. live in a fallen world. So we're going to constantly get attacked by these thoughts that want to come in and fade and say, you're never going to get thin. You're never going to do this. You're never going to that. You're always going to be this way. You're always going to be overweight. You're always going to do this. You're always going to have a pimple on your face. You know what I mean? Like it's all this negative stuff coming at us constantly. And we have to fight against it with scripture. And I love, I can do all things through Christ. I love that scripture. It's so inspired. It's so encouraging, but I know what's also encouraging is have another brother or sister in Christ come alongside you and say, Hey, you ain't ugly. 
Yeah. I mean, just put it, you know, all you need is a little lipstick. That's right. I mean, it ain't no big deal. Oh, you might get some chapstick. You know, you you just got a little, you got a little crust on your lip, but you just put a little chapstick on there, darling. You'd be just fine. Oh, but I'm okay. I can't. Oh, honey. You're going to be just fine. Just go out there and take for a walk. You just need to walk. It it won't happen overnight, but it'll, every little, everything you do is going to manifest itself. You got to give it time, just like your garden. And I think people who are feeling that way about their, you know, like, what do they call the people that endomorphous or body dysmorphia? Yes. People that feel, I feel like those people who have body dysmorphia really need to grow a garden because Mm -hmm. I feel like that that would help them spiritually, you know, not only with their relationship with the Lord, but also see the manifestation of, you know, you give it tender love and care over time. Mm -hmm. You're going to see something beautiful manifest. And it's the same with our bodies. You're going to see a manifestation when you put the work into it, when you put a little love into yourself, you know, love, love, put the love in. Absolutely. And the ultimate change that we all get the opportunity to make is when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yes. yes. Changes us from the inside. And there's a there's a song from years ago, and it was, Lord, change me from the inside. Change mm-hmm. me from the inside out so that what I have that's taken place inside me spiritually is on the exterior, it, that it's evident to everybody else around me. And so change with God is so good. It's so sweet. It's not painful. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It moves along if you'll just listen to him and be obedient. Mm-hmm. But when you buck the change, you hesitate right. the change, you pause, all those things, it can make it hard. And you make it hard on yourself. It's not that God's making it hard on you. No, you're making it hard on yourself because you don't like the change that God is making in you or in the situations that you're in. Sometimes God will change the group of people you're around. Yeah. Sometimes all of a sudden you see people's true colors and it hurts. It's like, yes, I thought they were my friends. I thought that they were my brothers and sisters in Christ, but that was for a season. Right. And the Lord puts somebody else in your life that you need, that you will sharpen each other. He will do that. And, um, you know, so I think that change is, is scary for everybody. I know for me, and, and I'm, you know, this is pretty much all I'm going to add to this is that, man, I have a pretty decent routine and I had a really great routine going on for a couple of years now. And, um, I think you're like me, Jamie, you like your routine. It's like, I have this. Mm-hmm. My yeah. apology, I do. I get up at this. Yeah, time, it works. This, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's my schedule. Yeah. And I'm a very schedule orientated person. I'll be very honest with you. I could eat the same breakfast, lunch and dinner each day, you know, for like two weeks. And I probably would be okay with that. It's just consistency. It's just like me. Now, my family is not okay with that. So I don't do that. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just boring that way, I guess. But here's the thing. My son got a new job it changed my schedule. It kind of upset the apple cart a little bit. And I was grumbling around here because we had to move things in one of our rooms, which 
we didn't use during the day. We only use it at night. It's a music room. And um, so we created an office for him because he works remotely. Um, but he's home every day, Monday to Friday. And he starts work at nine and he doesn't finish till 530 right now. So I need to make sure that he's got his breakfast and then I do his lunch. And if I'm not going to be here, I have to make sure his lunch is done. I can't do my cleaning, like my vacuuming and stuff, because that'll disrupt his work. And so I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of grumbled for about a week around here. I was like, this, this is not going to work. I, I think mm-hmm. I sounded like the Grinch. I was like, this is not going to work for me, Max. <laughs> and I was just like, and John was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I don't like these changes. Yeah. And he said, is it the changes you don't like, or is it just change? And I had to think about it. And I was like, change. I don't like change. I have to create a new routine now, but we've gotten that new routine and everything is working great and, and things are more balanced. And I got out of my grinchy attitude around here and I don't talk like that anymore. But um, which you is know. right around the corner. <laughs> oh my word. You were already practicing Christmas music at choir. Last I, night, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Choir. Yeah. Like we're already singing like Christmas, you know, they say Christmas in July, but it's Christmas in August. Right. So yeah. and I'm, I'm already seeing all these commercials for like uh, Christmas trains, book your Christmas train event and, and uh, Tennessee Gatlinburg. I'm like seeing all, you got to get the tickets now. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> Christmas. Oh my gosh. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it's already coming. I have you seen all the fall stuff? We're totally no girl. I haven't. Like I've been all the stores I've been in have been like Florin decor and Lowe's. So they haven't had anything out yet. But I bet if I walk into Hobby Lobby, it'll look like Halloween threw up all Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. Oh, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. It's all bad. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. All of it. All the cute stuff. All the little cute little pumpkins. All the cute things I'm gonna have to partake (laughs) because you know, I I have little candles around here that I change every season and I have little globes and I will do different decorations inside them. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that, but I'm not ready. Like I did say to John, I was ready for the cooler weather this morning because it's still so humid. Yeah. But I'm not ready for summer to end. Yeah. And the truth is it does not get cool here until, I don't know, maybe October if we're lucky. Yeah. That's if we're lucky. Like if you're lucky, yeah. but you guys will just have to travel on up here and hang out. With That's us in it. The fall. That's what we. You have to do. get your fall foliage up here, up yes. in Asheville area. That's it. We are we are planning a trip actually in October to take okay. a week and come up that way. So good. Never know. We might have to meet up. Yeah, we're gonna have to meet up and have supper together. I mean, if yeah. you guys go to Asheville, we can meet up for. for oh yeah, there. it's it's close enough. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, here's the thing. I just want to like we're talking about the seasons guys. And it just yes. takes me back to that verse at the beginning. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So understand if something is changing in your life, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You've had a different, you're going into a new season yeah. and there is a timing for it, for everything in our lives. So as much as Jamie and I are talking about the seasons and the change, and we're excited about it, we know that's coming. And so we can't always predict the seasons that are going to be in our life, whether it's a season of joy, a season of peace, it could be a season of grief, a season of, of pain. We just don't know. 
but there will be seasons and that is a part of our lives. Yes, it is. It's what makes us who we are. So that's all I've got to say, girl. You got anything else? Yeah. I mean, I'm alongside with you. It's like when you're going through these valleys and these seasons, these, these seasons that are rough and tough, you know, tell yourself the truth about it. This is really hard. Yes. Be honest, say it's tough, That's but true. you know what? You know what? I can still function. Mm-hmm. I can still get through this. That's Tell right. yourself that you can still take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You can, you can rise up out of that. And you, you know? can do all things to Christ who gives you strength. So yep. Philippians 4.13 and that, you get that stuck is, in that. that's the word, that's the word right there. It is. That's the word of the day that when the change comes, like Jamie said, you can walk right through it because you can do all things to Christ who gives you strength. Yep. Tell yourself that truth. I love it. Well, we're going to probably talk more about truth next week. And how do you tell yourself the truth? And yeah. Where yeah. do all those lies come from? Because I think exactly. some of them come from social media. Oh, I'm just going to say it. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> all sorts of places and even the, the news. So mm-hmm. comparison. All right, guys. Well, we love you. We're going to let you go and uh, have a blessed week. And uh, yes. don't be scared to change. It's going to be okay. Change going to come. she always gotta add a little song in there i love it (laughs) i love (laughs) bye y'all bye you've been listening to freedom wranglers that music right there is later alligator by shane ivers and you can find that at www.silvermansound.com we also want to thank goodman ministries for all of their financial support for this podcast now don't you forget to saddle up sit back and wrangle in freedom this week